baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Lots to discuss politically, locally, as it's Tori Van Oot's first official visit in the new year in 2024. Tori, as always, welcome to the show. Lots to discuss. Hey, good morning. So, Tori, I was on a rant yesterday because the Minneapolis City Council, who, by the way, has a new council president and vice president, uh, Minneapolis City Council was set to vote on a resolution that uh, supported Gaza or Hamas and was and blamed Israel for the war, called for an immediate ceasefire without ever mentioning the return of the hostages or um, the surrender of the terrorist organization that is Hamas. It's my understanding that resolution that was never shown to Mayor Fry wasn't released to the public. Mayor Fry spoke about it this weekend uh, was tabled until January 23rd. I had many friends uh, set or at that meeting um, to hear this resolution, this anti-Semitic resolution. Do you have any idea why it was tabled and also still hasn't been released to the public? Have you seen it yet, that resolution? Um, draft text of the resolution was released and introduced yesterday as the, uh, as the council met. So that's available online. You can go to Minneapolis, um, uh, you know, the Minneapolis City Council website. You can find a draft of that. This is something council... Members were start, started talking about doing uh, late last week, and it's something we're seeing across the country. Um, I know in Denver, I know in Detroit, city councils are weighing in on this international issue, you know, uh, symbolically weighing in on it. Um, what we heard yesterday, my understanding that my colleague was at the council meeting yesterday, uh, but my understanding is that some members said, okay, let's send this through the regular legislative process for the council so that there can be hearing, there can be more discussion, more debate. And so the text of it, you know, could change in any different sort of ways. And they did, uh, Jordan, you are correct that they effectively, I don't know if it's technically tabled because mm-hmm. it wasn't even on the agenda at first. It had just been something members had been talking about and they moved to put it on the agenda. Um, but they referred it to a January 23rd committee meeting with the full um, council. So, you know, this is a, an issue that is a very, um, you know, heated and emotional issue. We talked during the campaign, I know, about some statements on, um, you know, at the time um, from the Democratic Socialists uh, here in the Twin Cities, which, of course, there are several members of uh, the council who are endorsed by that group. Um, and, you know, There were people at the meeting that really, really wanted the council to vote right away yesterday Mm -hmm. on the resolution as it was worded to put pressure. They want to put pressure on, make a statement, put pressure on federal officials, essentially, to to call for a ceasefire. There were other people um, that said, you know, the city council shouldn't weigh weigh in on issues like Mm -hmm. that, that they can't control. And there were people who were worried that, the language, um, right, did not acknowledge uh, the um, atrocities enough um, 
uh, committed by Hamas. And so, yes, the twelve hundred um, murdered really and the over two hundred taken issue. hostage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is going to be a really tricky, you know, this is going to be a a, a heated debate, I think. But January 23rd is the next um, moment for this. And it is interesting to see councils across the, because, you know, city council cannot do anything uh, effectively about uh, the war. um, But we're seeing these resolutions pop up across the country. Um, and, and so, and I know the mayor has, uh, I think the mayor has signaled that he would like kind of more different language if the city was to, to do a resolution. I'm actually not sure if the mayor can veto a resolution or not. Um, but, um, but that'll come up, I'm sure in the rest of the process. But yeah, that was, you know, in addition to picking a new council president, um, it was a packed chamber, um, over this issue and yes, for this reason yesterday. Mm-hmm. So they got up, uh, the city, this new city council, newly elected city council, um, got, got off to a headline making start yesterday, uh, with this mm-hmm. resolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed, you mentioned new leadership. Elliot Payne is the new, uh, city council president. What do we know about Elliot Payne? Uh, he takes over from Andrea Jenkins, who voted against, uh, his presidency. Um, mm-hmm. how does this signal the, sh- the shift in the Minneapolis city council we're seeing? Yeah, it really reflects the shift from the November election where we saw a more um, liberal leaning, more progressive coalition on the council gain power and actually gain a narrow majority. So um, Elliot Payne, he's Ward 1 member, is uh, aligned with that group. Uh, his number two, the new council vice president, is also somebody aligned with the more left wing um, faction of the council, the group that's generally more um skeptical and sometimes at odds with the mayor. And so this really sets up the dynamics for the year ahead because the council president doesn't only set the agenda every week, but they kind of set the tone. And former council president Jenkins was more of an ally with the mayor. Um, And what Payne said yesterday is that he wants to use his post to be what he said it was a strong counterweight to the mayor's power and the city's bureaucracy. Reality check, it's a strong mayor system. There's only so much the council can do on some of these issues. But, you know, Payne said, for example, he wants to push for more, um, more transparency, more council involvement. You know, a lot of council members, we talked about this a few weeks ago, were upset about um, what they said was kind of a last minute uh, push in their view from the mayor to approve these bonuses, um, hiring bonuses, recruitment bonuses for police officers. So, you know, they're they're going to the signal we got yesterday is that the council is going to say, you know, involve us more in your proposals or else we might block them. And so I think those dynamics will be really interesting to watch. Now, whether he can unify the council around some of the issues, especially the issues that the progressive wing wants to push forward is to be seen. Right. It's not always super clear cut and it's a narrow majority and it's not a veto-proof majority um, that this coalition has. And so uh, it's going to be a, a, an action-packed year ahead, I think, uh, on the council. Very interesting. I will be watching. That was packed with many of my friends yesterday. So mm-hmm. we are watching yeah. if, if they think that yeah. people are not holding them to account with this possible virtue sig- signaling they're wrong. We want them to fix potholes and and deal with uh, affordable housing and talk about the homeless 
And I hope, as you said, you know, it sets the tone. The tone they sent was virtual signaling about conflicts thousands of miles away instead of the important uh, issues about taking care of people in Minneapolis. So I hope that tone changes. And my tone is going to change now, too. I'm sorry. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Payne did, Payne did talk about kind of uh, having more, you know, focused on constituent issues, yes. things like potholes, mm-hmm. things like infrastructure Good. and wanting the council to be able to do a lot of that. And once this, we talked about this, I think last week or the week before, but just the idea of public comment. One thing my colleague Kyle Stokes reported that I thought was interesting was that uh, Payne said he's thinking about adding more opportunities to public comment, to more meetings. So interesting. we will see, you know, as these big issues come up, the, the public may have more opportunity to weigh in. Tori, let's switch to Governor Walz. Um, you're writing yeah. the, about Governor Walz highlighting abortion as a campaign issue yesterday. So um, talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, people are coming to Minnesota to get abortions when they can't do that in other states. That's right. We're continuing to see this trend of the uh, abortion is legal in Minnesota, has protection in a state Supreme Court ruling and now in state law. And the governor was at a Planned Parenthood yesterday where uh, they reported that they are continuing to see an uptick in out-of-state patients, patients from states that have restricted or banned abortion coming to Minnesota, some as far as from places like Florida and Texas coming here. So the question and what we're looking at moving forward is uh, whether Democrats put a a constitutional amendment on the ballot this year uh, or in a future election to add abortion rights to the state constitution and have the public vote on that. You know, Governor Walz predicted that this is going to be a big campaign issue uh, next year, kind of seemed to signal uh, general support for this idea yesterday. And so this is something we'll be watching when the legislature returns. Um, some Democrats, we've written about this before, think that putting abortion on the ballot um, based on past election results will boost turnout yep. um, in an election where Democrats may not be excited about President Biden or the top of the ticket. Um, that's why you're seeing abortion measures in states like Florida, uh, in states that may be swing states, states that may be in play. On the other side, ballot measures cost a lot of money. And some uh, advocates and Democrats are worried that putting a measure on the ballot and having to spend to try to pass it kind of takes away from spending on the state house races, focusing on the presidential election. So it's, and there's also questions about how to put an abortion measure on the ballot. Do you pair it with an equal rights amendment? Do you do it on your own? So uh, this is something that we're going to see the majority Democrats wrestle with when they return to the Capitol next month. And again, it's about that suburban voting, right? I mean, that's the, mm-hmm. it's those suburbs that are so critical, and that's the turnout that they want because they feel that abortion issue will get people in the suburbs to turn out and and hope, presumably vote for President Biden and other Democrats on the ticket. Exactly. People who may not, not, not otherwise turn out. Um, and top Democrats, including Speaker Melissa Hortman, have said 
we think abortion is going to be an issue either way on the ballot. You know, we think we're going to be able to make it an issue whether or not there's a ballot measure. Uh, and uh, we'll see, though, uh, where, where they end up landing on this. Of course, the Republicans uh, are looking to make other issues the key issues, including the economy, including crime, uh, including uh, taxes and so uh, school issues. So it's really a, always a fight to see which issues rise to the top of a voter's minds as they head to the ballot box. And you can read more, Tori, in Axios, of course, talking about a blackout plate of Axios, a free school meal update uh, that's coming tomorrow. And the Prince so, musical. Oh. Don't forget, we've got a pr- Purple Rain, the musical. Yeah, will you see it? Will you pay the big Broadway bucks to see it if it goes on Broadway? I would. I yeah. probably yeah. W- probably yeah. wouldn't. I mean, if it's good, if it's yeah. crap, then no. But yeah, if it's good, I'll I'll totally. I'll wait it. for the touring company to come here. Okay, over at Chanhassen. <laughs> well, it's going to be Orfeo. good. It's so. Prince's music, yes. so yeah. if you think Prince's music is good, it's going to be good. So. I'm in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. I have to. I have to. You I have to, to believe that Prince's music purple. is good. Yes. Uh, Tori, really one more burning question before we let you go. You may be old enough. I'm not sure if you are, but you may be old enough to remember the trend of juicy sweatsuits. Do you remember the the juicy sweatsuits? I wore them. Okay, juicy's a brand. I lived in Los Angeles in the 2000s. Oh, God, help us. Okay, so you have probably had multiple colors. You may have had juicy in bling written on the tush of your sweatsuit. I didn't have those, but yeah. Okay, the question now is, and this is a burning question that stylists are debating, is it okay to wear matching sweatsuits once again? Would you do it again now? I would not do it again. It is not my personal Style profile, but based on the very cool-looking Gen Zers I see at the airport wearing uh, matching sweatsuits, I guess it's on trend. I don't know. I'm not cool. <laughs> you guys know that. Tori, it's if I my, were to ask you not my if you think Adam Carter has a matching sweatsuit, what would your answer be? Yes. Oh, is she right? I guess we'll find out next on News Talk 830 WCCO. Thank you, Tori. Thanks, Tori. And it's juicy. It's velour. I <laughs> yes. know it's velour. Adam. Oh, I love a velour sweatsuit. Velour! Oh, God. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.